Hi, I'm Dr. Neil Barnard. Welcome to the exam room. In the state of California, there is a new bill called the Cruelty-Free Cosmetics Act. And as you'll hear in today's program, this is so important because it bans the sale of cosmetic products that have been animal tested. Now, it's only in California, but if this bill passes, any cosmetic manufactured anywhere, uh, if it's been animal tested, it cannot be sold in the state of California, and there is no manufacturer on the planet that wants to lose that market. So this means the end of animal testing on cosmetics. Um, However, it has not yet been passed. That's what we're going to talk about in today's program. So today you're going to hear from... Our policy program director, Elizabeth Baker, who's been instrumental in pushing the bill through the legislature. Uh, Weight loss champion Chuck Carroll is here. He's going to be speaking with actress Kristen Bauer Van Stratton from HBO's True Blood. Uh, She's been a tremendous supporter of the bill. You're going to hear what she has to say today. And you'll also hear the most important thing, which is how you can help. Here's Chuck. This is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. The weight loss champion Chuck Carroll here with you. Special episode of the Exam Room this week. Typically, we focus on health. We focus on nutrition. This week, we're touching on something that we also do at the Physicians Committee, and that is animal welfare. Specifically, we are currently lobbying for a bill to get pushed in California called the California Cosmetics Bill. There's a few more intricacies in there. And so to help me sort all of this out and to tell us how you can get involved in that as well, we welcome to the show Regulatory Policy Director here at the Physicians Committee, Elizabeth Baker. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Chuck. I really appreciate it. Glad to be here. And I appreciate you taking the time. I know that you have just been working tirelessly Mm -hmm. on this effort for months now. So Let's start with this, because as I understand it, the bill would essentially ban cosmetics companies from being able to sell products that have been tested on animals or have ingredients that have been tested on animals for the entire state of California. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. The bill is called the California Cruelty-Free Cosmetics Act, and what it does, it aims to ban the sale of cosmetics or cosmetic ingredients in California if they have been tested on animals. Um, And it's really important that we make this a ban on the sale because animal testing can happen anywhere in the world. Uh, But if we want to keep those products out of California, we need to be focusing on uh, a ban on the sale. And California is important because, uh, I mean, that's that's a large state. That is a, I mean, that's an economy unto its own, right? And that's so, right. We, we are the fifth largest economy. And so this bill really has the potential to revolutionize the way that cosmetics are tested around the world. And so let me, let me just make sure that we're understanding this correctly. It would outlaw the sale of these cosmetics, but it wouldn't necessarily bar the companies from continuing this practice. However, the theory is that because there is so much money at stake here, those companies then would say, hey, we have to keep the dollars coming in. We need to stop doing this. Yeah, so California can't, wouldn't be able to regulate what happens in another region, but they can regulate what is sold in California. So that's what makes this so important. The most effective legislative legislation in the animal testing space here is on sale um, because you know if, if companies want to sell in California 
they're not going to be doing the testing. So it has it's a lot more far-reaching than just in our state. Well, let's let's talk about this because I think that the majority of our listeners are those who are tuning in for health and nutrition information, and so we appreciate them listening to this podcast as well. Um, but let's talk about why this bill is important, and let's talk a little bit about the conditions that these animals are facing. What are those conditions? Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm happy to. But, you know, I think it's really important to first say that animal testing does not need to happen for cosmetics. There are so many companies who have decided to operate in a cruelty-free manner, which means no animal testing. So these companies are using non-animal methods to assess the safety of their products. Their products are indeed safe and the companies are thriving. So you, we have, I think it's an important point to make because we have so many companies that are operating without this. But unfortunately, there are, there are some companies that choose to do animal testing. Um, so as a result, every year, hundreds of thousands of animals, including rabbits, uh, guinea pigs, mice, and rats, are used and killed for cosmetic tests. Um, that probably the most common test used is the notorious Dray's test for skin and to um, assess skin and eye irritation. And in this test, rabbits are restrained, substances are smeared onto their shaved skin or into their eyes, and it and we look to see what happens. Animals can undergo severe burns, ulcers, all sorts of things. Um, and, you know, it's awful for them. And in the end, they are killed. So they're rarely ever given any pain relief as well. And so aside from just the tragedy of the animals itself, animals, as we know, are different than humans. And so a lot of times these results are not even helpful for humans. And adding on top of that, we have so many non-animal test methods that we can use to assess safety. So it really is a tragedy that this continues, and that's why we are working so hard on this bill. And why would this continue if there are so many alternative methods out there? Is this a, a financial thing for the companies? Well, you know, it's interesting because a lot of the time these alternative tests are actually cheaper and they're quicker. Uh, but there are companies who just don't want to be told that they need to do things differently, and status quo continues. We see that across all sorts of industries where animals are used. Um, it, it takes time to transition in new methods, and, and people don't want to be told what to do. But this law is working to do just that, to transition these tests out quicker. Wow. Uh, that's kind of a tough thing to hear, if there are uh, safer, more humane alternatives out there that are even more cost effective and yet there are people who have dug their heels into the sand and so here we are um let's talk a little bit more about this bill uh obviously it needs support out in the legislature but uh who who championed it initially initially the bill was um authored and sponsored by senator kathleen galgiani um it's co-sponsored by the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine and Social Compassion and Legislation. They are a California-based lobbying group. And I know that it's 
it's gone what two rounds so far through committees and and early voting yeah so the way it works in california is a bill needs to pass through the california senate and the california assembly before it ultimately ends up with the governor so it was introduced in the senate we made it through the california senate um, and a big thanks to all of our supporters who helped make that happen then it moved on to the assembly and we first needed to get through a committee in the california assembly which was the judiciary committee which we did so now it moves to a full um, a full vote within the assembly and after that it would move to the governor let me ask um, at the uh, the judiciary committee that you you were just at I understand that there was a, a pretty substantial turnout for that particular hearing how has this legislation been received so far it's been very well received we so we had a press conference prior to the hearing we had an amazing group of local supporters show up to say we're here and we care and we want our legislators to listen to us um, we packed the house it was standing room only we actually had people standing outside of the room because we were overflowing um, it was really incredible to see when the bill went up um, we as co-sponsors gave our support for the bill and then uh, constituent after constituent just kept coming up to the microphone to say this is who I am and I support this bill interestingly when the opposition was given a chance to come up to the microphone and and say if and tell us is there any opposition no one came up to the microphone hmm. but I will say we do know that there is opposition but they weren't willing to um, speak in front of the public We'll talk about that in, in just a second. I'm curious. I want to ask you about some of the things that the supporters of the bill who got up and spoke, what are some of the messages that they delivered? I would imagine some of them got quite emotional about this. Well, it is. It's a very emotional um, issue, of course, for many people on top of being, you know, it's great for business. It's better science but it pulls in the ethics, and so it pulls at those heartstrings for people. But when you go to these hearings, you actually are not allowed extended uh, periods of time to say why you support it. You say your name, where you're from, so that your legislator can take note, and that you support it. But you really can't get into um, all the details at, in that space as to why you support it, because we would be there all day otherwise. Gotcha. Um, you just mentioned some of the, the pushback, and there's uh, probably some lobbyists that are now getting involved. Yeah, you know, there is not much uh, pushback aside from lobbyists who are working for big cosmetic companies who don't want to be told to do things in a different way, and they want to keep their options open. So, um you know, interestingly, we did. We do know that the opposition just keeps hiring more and more lobbyists, which, of course, is um, is part of the reason we're working so hard on this. And Estee Lauder has hired a lobbying firm that is retained by Big Tobacco. Before we get to how people can help, because if we are facing that type of opposition. Obviously, we're going to need more support. We're going to need people, especially residents in California, to really rally around this and kind of champion it through. Um, what are the next steps here? Because it, it passed the judiciary pretty easily. It sailed through, didn't it? 
Well, we worked pretty hard to make that happen, but it was it was great. The judiciary committee hearing was incredible. Um, set, listening to the legislators' support of this was just it was something that I hadn't experienced in that way before. Uh, for example, one man told a story. One legislator told a story about himself being a single father, and his daughters are growing up. It's about that time where they have started to ask about makeup, and so he's taking them to the store, and and he he said, "It what I am teaching them is that it's important. You have to check to make sure that this uh, cosmetic was not tested on animals if you want to buy it." And his girls just ate that up. Of course, Good. you know, kids love animals. They don't want to. They don't want animals to be harmed for them to wear makeup. So it was a really sweet story that we heard come directly from a legislator's mouth. And part of the reason, you know, that he is supporting this bill, in addition to all the um, all the contact that he has received from his constituents. Uh, side side note, real quick, before we get back to the next steps and things. Um, how does one identify whether or not a, a product has been tested on animals? Will it say right on the label that this has not been animal tested? It doesn't have to say that, but many of them do. Uh, poll after poll find that constituents really care. They want animal testing to end for cosmetics. And even a 2015 uh, Nielsen poll showed that um, not tested on animals was the most important packaging claim that people looked for across all age groups. So generally speaking, it will be included on there. It would either say not tested on animals or it would say cruelty free. So obviously it sails through the judiciary, have a lot of support there, but I know that it's not limited to just that committee and, and in the Senate. I know that uh, th there have just been a lot of people who have really been rallying around this, even some celebrities, right? That's correct. We have had a great amount of legislative support. We have had so many supporters across the nation, a ton in California, which is what we need. Um, we've had company support. John Paul Mitchell Systems has, uh, has reached out in support of this. Lush Cosmetics actually came to the hearing and testified about their business and how they're doing and how they're thriving with the cruelty-free model. Um, and we also had a lot of celebrity involvement. Um, we had Alicia Silverstone recently publish an op-ed for us on this issue, which is uh, really great. Please check it out. It is posted on our social media. Um, John Sally came. John Sally, Maggie Q, Kristen Bauer Van Straten, and Harley Quinn Smith all came to Sacramento to do lobbying meetings with the legislators, and that was tremendously helpful. Uh, they're all such great people, really passionate about these issues, um, and are using their voices to speak up for animals. We also have a video that is on the link pcrm.org forward slash cosmetics, where Moby, Jane Velas Mitchell, and other celebrities are using their voice to get the word out about the California Cruelty-Free Cosmetics Act as well. That's fantastic. And, and again, it's not just celebrities. It's not just people in the legislature. There's still a battle to be had. So we need, if you're listening, and especially if you're living in California, we need your support. So again, 
what can people do? Where can they go to help make their voices heard, help push this thing through across the finish line? People can go, for the for information, go to pcrm.org forward slash cosmetics, and you'll see all the information relevant to the bill there. But the most important thing is for Californians, there's a take action button. We need Californians to take action, and that means contacting your assembly members. And please do this now. It takes 30 seconds, and you'll be done with it. And then share it on social media. Um, but we needed your help in the past, so if you feel that you have done this before, yes, you have. You contacted your legislators for us when we were in the California Senate. You did it again with the Judiciary Committee of the Assembly, and we need your help again for the Assembly. So please go to pcrm.org forward slash cosmetics, click on the button to take action, and spend 30 seconds to send that letter off to your Assembly member. That's right, and it's critical that people kind of take action now because uh, the, the General Assembly, the, they're on break now, but they're coming back pretty soon, and we're expecting a vote when? Yeah, they are on recess right now. They will be back in early August, and this could be voted on uh, around mid-August. Okay, and if uh, if all goes according to plan and uh, people make their voices heard and, and we get this thing pushed through, it lands on the governor's desk, and when might we see his John Hancock on that? Well, the governor would need to sign it into law by September 30th, so things will be moving really quickly. That's why it is urgent that people contact their assembly members now, and then we will con- if once you do that, we'll save your email address so that we can contact you again when we need a letter to the governor. There you go. Regulatory Policy Director here at the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, Elizabeth Baker, thank you so much. Thank you. And one of the supporters she was talking about is actress Kristen Bauer von Stratton from HBO's True Blood. Uh, She's going to be on the line just a little bit from now. I know that she is very passionate about this, so I'm looking forward to speaking with her. Continuing here on the Exam Room Podcast by the Physicians Committee, the weight loss champion Chuck Carroll, still here with you talking about the California Cosmetics Bill, formerly known as SB 1249. Joined now by a talented actress and an unapologetic animal rights activist with a heart of gold. Krista Bauer, welcome to the show. That's such a great introduction. Thank you. Well, you are more than welcome, and thank you for your time. I'm, I'm really humbled that you will be joining us today. That's so nice. I'm humbled to work with PCRM. I got to ask you, because animal rights, you know, we do a lot with nutrition here at the Physicians Committee, but I think what our members are most energized and enthused about is crusading for those animal rights. And I've learned so much since I began working here and doing this podcast and I knew that there was animal testing going on, but I didn't really know a whole lot about it. And then you hear about it, and it's like, wow. When when did that first start to pop up on your radar? You know, it's been a gradual progression because of groups like PCRM letting us know that these things are happening that are happening out of sight. Mm-hmm. These are things that you can't see. So very often with products that we buy, you would buy as an actress L'Oreal mascara because every makeup artist uses it. And then you would buy Tide laundry detergent because your mother used it. And Arm & Hammer because your mother used it. 
And there isn't really a moment in your life where somebody puts you in a class and says, okay, start fresh and let's just look at these, examine these things that you do every day and how it's affecting others. Because nobody I've ever met, no consumer, no person, not the most hardened person, would agree with putting a bunny in a box with its head sticking out and torturing that bunny until it's dead. And also, it's just really silly because we're very different than bunnies. And for it seems extra silly when it's for mascara, that we're killing living beings for mascara, not for the cure for cancer, for mascara. So I, I remember when you asked me that question, seeing a picture of the bunny in the box and went, I, it was so clear to me that I just didn't want to pay someone to do that for me. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be part of that. I don't, I don't want my karma, my soul. I don't, I want out. So luckily I think that I learned about this before Google maybe <laughs> even, but now you just Google it. Right. It's so simple. And you can literally, when you shop, just do this and just instead of reaching there, reach there to save lives. Yeah. Do do you remember the first time you actually saw those conditions and kind of the atrocities that were happening? Do you remember that that feeling that you had? Maybe it was a gut punch? It's a gut punch. You know, I will never forget a few images. Um, one was of a cat that looks exactly like my cat. And it had rods going through its head to be held immobile and a permanently installed metal box in its skull. It's just unconscionable. I mean, for anyone who owns a pet or has ever owned a pet, that's that's a tough pill to swallow. That's not an image that you want to take, take to bed at night. It is. It's a tough pill. And, you know, the proponents of it, the people who have just been doing this for a long time and they may not have examined their behavior um, and they make money in this area. Um, it's actually cheaper and more efficient to do non-animal testing and over 90% of the animal trials fail when they get to the human trials. So just like the buggy whip was this awesome invention at some point, we have progressed scientifically so beyond animal testing. So it's just convincing corporations that are like the Titanic. They're hard to get them to move. Government organizations, the FDA, it's hard to shift those big boats. But to just shift them towards relevant, efficient, better models is what PCRM does. I don't know anyone else that's doing it as well. I'm so impressed with the work. I don't know if people know, but every medical school just used animals. So cats, dogs. My vet told me that in vet school, what you do as the vet in training, you go to the pound and adopt a dog, bring it back to the school, Operate on the dog, surgeries it doesn't need, remove a leg, bring it out of the anesthesia. Then the next day, remove a liver. Then the next day, 
do another surgery until you euthanize the dog. That's what every vet school in the country did. I don't know if they're still doing it. Her vet school in Colorado, I believe, allowed the vets in training to make the choice to operate on a dead dog. So they could go to the pound and get a body from the already dead pile. Those were your options. Live dog hoping to get a home, dead dog. And she operated on the dead dogs. And I was so impressed with her as a person and also horrified that this is the way it is. And she said, you know, these vets in training tell themselves that they're going to torture and kill 50 dogs to then over their careers save how many. Mm. So maybe in the way past, that was the equation they had to work with. Now, not the equation. And thanks to groups like PCRM or just PCRM, I don't know when anyone else doing this, actually training people, educating large pharma on non-human animal methods versus human methods versus test tube. I don't know what the science is, but uh, I was recently with one of your people and there are methods that are far more advanced now. I want to take a second and kind of let something sink in. And that is your vet had a choice between operating on a cadaver versus operating on a live dog. I can't for the life of me picture in any medical school anywhere in the country giving a medical student the choice between operating on a live human or operating on a cadaver why yeah. then should it be any different for a veterinarian that's that's an honest question that's an honest question and i think that's the question that i often think of is things that we would never do to a human you would never go to an orphanage and foster adopt a child and take it to the hospital and do surgeries on this child to practice mm -hmm. and we literally do that with our closest genetic relatives primates yeah so for most humans I think that's a big gap there between a child and a primate for me, it's not. It's not. I don't understand why we think that Earth was given to us by God or nature to just do with it as we please to benefit us. I don't, you know, and that's been a long process for me. I remember when I was a kid, it takes a lot of of confronting and thinking and looking because when I was a kid I had bunnies and I loved those bunnies and then every year we would go up to the lake cabin and we would go to the little touristy store in town and every year I would get to get a new rabbit's foot a different color right and I loved getting it and it was the oh I think of this year I'll get a purple rabbit's foot and I had a collection of rabbit's feet and then I would go play with my rabbit <laughs> and I would hang the, the rabbit's tail on this jean jacket I had and I would touch it and I could feel the little toenails and I could do that with my rabbit. I never made the connection until my dad 
I said, Dad, look at my new lucky rabbit's foot. And he said, not so lucky for the rabbit. And he wasn't an animal rights person. He was just pointing out the obvious. And in that moment, the little toenails went funk with the little toenails on my beloved pet. <gasps> How do we, in myself and everybody, get that disconnect to connect? There, there are people in Big Pharma doing endless, horrendous experiments on thousands of beagles. They pick on beagles and going home to their dog. Yeah. So I, I don't want to turn this into a totally morbid uh, interview. So let's <laughs> let's try to brighten this up slightly, um, if, if that's at all possible. The thing that I it like is. about California, so I'm all the way out here on the uh, East Coast, just outside of, well, yeah. I'm in Washington, D.C. right now. The left coast is, I feel, a little bit more progressive. And so I would imagine that, especially among your fellow actors and, and SAG-AFTRA members, shout out to the union, uh, that... Yeah. <laughs> that there would be kind of a, a groundswell of support for this cosmetics bill. Is this something that you've had an opportunity to speak with others on set about? I haven't. Uh, yes. I When I'm on set and talking to makeup artists and fellow actors, there's nobody that is against this bill. Right. There's nobody that doesn't want the burden to be on the corporation to announce that they are not using animals because now the burden is on the consumer. So what this bill would do is say, no, no, you can just trust that your beauty products did not cause suffering. Mm -hmm. Anything that's on the shelf didn't cause suffering for your hair, you know? So there's nobody that's not for it as far as consumers. And I learned so much. I went to Sacramento with PCRM to talk about this bill and to get the next vote passed, which it did pass. Yeah. And that's such an interesting process. First of all, to see how our government actually works and what government actually does all day is basically hear about legislation and vote yay or nay. That's what everybody we're electing is doing. And they are really interested, good people trying to understand each bill. So this bill, they do is they say, this is what the bill is. You, the proponent, speak, and the opponent speak. Well, we had on our side Lush Cosmetics. This is a huge company. Mm -hmm. And I was so moved because for 20 years, they just started this company saying, you don't have to animal test. They started with one little store, and they have 240 stores, I believe, and I use their skin cream, and I use their mascara. I'm addicted to their bath bombs, and I didn't, I love the store, and I really didn't know everything about how amazing this company is. So then she told another story that I had no idea of because everybody says if you want to sell your products in China you have to test on animals China demands it and it's a massive market that no company can go without you have to sell in China and you have to test 
Not true, I found out. John Paul Mitchell sent a letter that said, we've been in business for 38 years, we have never tested on animals, and we sell in China. Huh. You just, yeah. This is just known, even by the animal rights people. Oh, well, China is the problem here. No. All you have to do, and it takes some effort, I would imagine, but John Paul Mitchell said, we just negotiated with the Chinese government and came up with a testing model that they would approve, and it actually created American jobs because this lab had to hire another 800 people for John Paul Mitchell. Talk to me a little bit about when you are on set and maybe you're starting an, a new project and obviously it is important that you use cruelty-free cosmetics. How is that like a conversation that you bring up with the producers before you start shooting or do you sit down in the makeup chair and you're like, by the way, if it's tested on an animal, it's not going on this face? Yeah, that's a hard thing for me because I'm such a people pleaser. I start out with the makeup artist on the first day. Usually there's a makeup test day. Mm -hmm. And I say, so I, I usually bring my own products. I don't want to put the burden on somebody else when I think that's actually kind of silly. But um, I bring my own products and say, these are the products that I like. Um, we, if we could use those, because I know they're not tested on animals. And then invariably, you know, it's hard. Like the character of Pam on True Blood, she had, oh my God, the looks that we created, no two were the same. They were so over the top and so fabulous. And she would just reach in her drawer and have to be finding a different color of lipstick and a different color of eyeshadow. And, and we're in the moment and they're waiting for us on set and we got to create this. And my job is to show up on the set two minutes before they need me or 10 minutes or 20 minutes and be Pam, be Maleficent, be whoever that character is. There's no room for and actually no excuse from the industry's viewpoint for holding all of that up for we don't have the right lipstick and the right shade that wasn't tested on animals. I have not successfully been able to do that. The kits that the makeup artists have would fill how many big plastic containers that they just have on hand. And they can't, some of them do actually, but it's harder for them to make sure that they're all ethical products. Right. And, it, and that's why this bill needs to pass because we're not asking anything of any business. We're not asking them, they don't have to compromise one penny. It will create American jobs. They can still sell in China, as we know from John Paul Mitchell being able to. They can still expand, as we saw from Lush. They can still do everything that they're doing. We're just asking them to go the way that the industry is going yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and the next round of voting uh, for this bill, I believe, is, is coming up relatively soon. Um, if you live in California and you're hearing this, if you head over to PCRM.org, right on the homepage, you'll see a graphic with a bunny, uh, and it says California Cosmetics Bill SB 1249. Click on that. And from there, you can send a letter directly to your representative saying, hey, 
I support this bill. We need your vote there, too. So take the action if you're hearing this. It really only takes a couple of minutes, but it makes a huge difference with this bill because the representatives, whether you believe it or not, they still work for you. So that is that is definitely something that you need to do. Um, and it sounds to me like this bill, you know, still in legislation, still a couple more steps to go. Sounds to me like you, you're going to stay stay on top of this. Yeah, I keep asking, you know, what can I do? What more can I do? How can I help? And the answer was this podcast this week. And um, I, an unbelievable experience that one has when one flies to Sacramento and sits in a room and watches them decide if they're going to pass a bill or not, and lives are affected, is that the entire thing hinges on our voices. And it's so easy to think that politicians are corrupt and the system is broken and divorce oneself from the whole process. And when you've been in those rooms, you realize the opposite is true. You would not believe how much they listen to each individual comment from voters. Mm -hmm. It is actually incredible. So it's just a numbers game on who cares more. That's a that's a very well put statement. I can't think of a better way to uh, to go ahead and, and put a cap on this. So, Kristen Bauer, thank you very much for your time and, and thank you for your support with this bill. Thank you so much. But what an important show this has been. If you live in California, please contact your representatives. Let them know that they need to pass this bill. Uh, get involved. You can sign the petition at pcrm.org. If you live outside of California, uh, let me ask you to support this campaign. It's easy to make a donation. It'll save the lives of millions of animals, and this is going to help enormously. Uh, And please share this show with a friend. We can use their support, too. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, and please give the show a five-star rating. I'm Dr. Neil Barnard. Thanks for listening.